Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store over on Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash Beyond Blathers. Cool. So this week, Olivia is back. The order has been restored. <laughs> and... Uh, and we're talking about a beetle, so it's like, this is like a full Olivia episode. Good old beetles. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about the violin beetle today, which is not only elusive in nature, but also elusive in the scientific literature, and I like couldn't find anything on it. <laughs> it was hard, but it's so such a pretty beetle, like we had to cover it at some point. And it is it is very interesting, it's just... Like, basically, no one is studying it. I feel like it is one of the first insects that I caught in the game. Yeah, well, it's so recognizable, too. Mm-hmm. And it's really pretty. So it's like, you catch it and you're like, what's that? So nice. Yeah. I used to play violin, too, which is fun. So I feel biased, but I like this beetle. I always forget that you play many instruments. Yeah. And this is a fact that I consistently forget about you, and it takes me by surprise every single time. It's funny. It's like I've al- always played instruments because my dad is really into them. Like, my dad is a really amazing musician, and he plays, like, guitar, banjo, mandolin, bass. And so I always had to play an instrument growing up. That was, like, a rule, but I could pick whatever instrument, so... I think I did piano first, but then I did violin after that. But then I did guitar because I wanted to sing. But I should be so much better. Like, I don't think I'm a very musical person. I feel like you must be, but I just, like, have never, like, I've never heard you play. Yeah, I'm very private about it. Like, I I legitimately just basically play Taylor Swift songs. It's very, like, (laughs) sad when you think about, like, how many years of lessons my dad paid for for me to just play, like... (laughs) C, F, A minor, G over and over to play Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I also had a Taylor Swift piano book. Yes. And I really liked playing those songs. It was Fearless. Nice. And I performed You Belong to Me at my piano recital. And I messed it up very badly. <laughs> but it was okay. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Love Story. Yeah. Of course. There's no Taylor Swift song called You Belong to Me. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm really tired. I'm like... (laughs) Sophia's bringing out the judgment. Yeah. I'm getting this Taylor Swift wrong. (laughs) God. Uh, Yeah. Just everyone stream Fearless Taylor's version and wait for Red (laughs) Taylor's version. (laughs) Oh, God. It's not fully fall to me until that album comes out. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Me too. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Okay, I guess we should talk about a beetle. Yeah, we can talk about the beetle. (laughs) Sorry if you don't like Taylor Swift. I don't know. Was that an apology to me or to our audience? No, I know you like Taylor Swift, but it was to the audience. This is not a Taylor Swift podcast, unfortunately. And maybe one day. (laughs) Okay, cool. So if you bring a violin beetle to Blathers, he'll say... The violin beetle gets its name from its shape. That is, some think it resembles the stringed instrument. If you ask me, this is an insult to violins. 
With its flat body and small head, the violin beetle looks like nothing but a repulsive bug, plain and simple. In fact, it is so repulsive it oozes a foul liquid when frightened. Ugh. This insect strikes a sour note indeed. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, some classic insect hate from blathers. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Like, it's been a second since we did an insect. I also feel like he doesn't always express a ton of hate towards an insect in his quote. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that. This one just feels particularly violent. I think he really doesn't like, you know non-beautiful, non-winged insects, especially. Like, mm. when it's butterflies and stuff, I feel like he's a bit nicer. Um, or something like the orchid mantis, you know, but... That's true. Wait, what was the last one we did? Oh, it was Pond Skater. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he, he had much hate for the Pond Skater. Yeah. I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he... he it, it comes and goes with him. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten to know him so well. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a very strong relationship with Blathers going on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, going on to the beetle here. So the violin beetles, they do have a a very unique shape. And honestly, I think that's why they show up in the game. Because researching these beetles, the, the, the game developers must have had to look really, really deep to find this group. Given how little is known about them. I think what probably happened is they Googled like interesting bugs and found it on one of those lists because Mm. it is just the weirdest looking thing and believe it or not they're part of the carabidae family which for like insect nerds that is the group of ground beetles so like if you're walking down a sidewalk and you see like one of those really big black beetles that's usually a carabid I know that's a very general thing to say but like I feel like that's usually how people are familiar with them Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's about five or six species of violin beetle, and they all look relatively similar. They have that, like, flattened elytra and a long nose kind of looking thing. They look like a robot alien violin. They're really cool looking. (laughs) And, like, they're usually between 2.4 to 3.9 inches long. So they're, like, quite large. You said they have a flattened elytra. What's... What's an elytra again? I feel like I must have heard. That. I th- I literally oh, I took sorry. an entomology <laughs> class, guys, but I do not know it's, anything. <laughs> it's just a fancy word for like their the covering over their wings. Okay. So they will yeah, it's it's yeah, for beetles it's the covering over their wings. And so these guys can fly. They apparently are very like good at taking off. So often they'll climb to the tops of trees and like jump off and that's how they manage to fly. So yeah, there are there are wings under that I guess casing, if you want to call it that, the elytra. Oh, that's cool. And I actually I saw I was looking at a picture of them and I saw that they're also called banjo beetles, which they look more like that to me because their body's quite round. A violin is sort of like <laughs> S-shaped. So yeah. I I think they're also called like fiddle beetles guitar beetles like basically any stringed <laughs> instrument <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of names for them that's cool so where are they found this does not look like something i would see in like no. canada <laughs> definitely not they are a tropics beetle they live in southeast asia in indonesia thailand and malaysia so 
super duper not here. Um, but more specifically, these beetles live between layers of flat fungi called bracket fungi. And these are the type of fungi you often see growing on like the sides of trees on the trunk. They kind of look like a flat disc shaped frisbee sticking out of a tree. And so it really makes sense that the beetles would be living here because they look like that. They're round and they're flat like a fungi. And not only that, but because these beetles are really flattened and compressed, it makes it easy for them to slide between the mushrooms and like hide and, you know, have their larvae there. Like even their antennae are able to lay straight back and only move to the front of their head when they need to smell something of interest. So they're just very well made for this environment. And like I said before, like not a lot is known about these beetles. They seem to be relatively rare. The IUCN doesn't even have them on their species list, so I couldn't check conservation status. Apparently they were briefly on the the species list at some point in the 90s, but they were taken off and I'm not really sure why. I did, however, find this paper written by a couple of Dutch men in the 60s about these beetles. And I found the writing style kind of entertaining because... It's such a classic naturalist piece of writing. Like nowadays, I don't often read field notes that sound like this, but it honestly gives me like major Blathers vibes. <laughs> so I'm going to like read a bit of this paper from Leiftenick and Wybies on their adventures searching for violin beetles. So sorry if I butchered the Dutch name. But. <laughs> I love this <laughs> little book club. So with our belongings dangling, we slipped down the steep bank into the bed and slowly found our way through the bushes, overhanging the water, which was only ankle deep. It was a bright day with a clear sky, yet under the dense canopy of trees, no sun ray filtered through the foliage, and down here it was very damp and gloomy all around us. After a while, I noticed the stem of a huge tree trunk that had fallen right across the perpendicular banks of the gully, so as to form a natural bridge. It was a big moss-covered trunk, obviously very ancient, measuring three feet across. The underside of the stem was almost two feet overhead so that I could easily pass under it, but what attracted my attention, inciting to a brief inspection, were some bracket funguses of the polyporaceae projecting horizontally from near the undersurface of the stem. When I came near and looked up to the biggest specimen, I suddenly saw a fascinating picture. Facing various directions, their roundish contours hardly discernible in the dim light, I counted five examples of Mormolaceae, which is the violin beetle. Here they were, at last, the violins, resting up upside down with their bodies pressed closely against the underside of the fungus they occupied the entire surface. As soon as I realized that when standing on tiptoe, the objects would come just within reach of an outstretched hand, I freed myself from bags and other obstacles and reached out to pick the first beetle by hand, a gesture which I at once regretted. For all of a sudden, I felt as if severely stung in the right eye, by which I was taken aback for quite some moments. This is what had happened. On being disturbed, one of the more malice had emitted a fine spray of some liquid, like an atomizer, and this was volleyed right into my face. As luck would have it, my spectacles served as a shield, but obviously had failed to protect my right eye sufficiently. The fluid had a strong scent, resembling a mixture of nitric acid and ammonia. 
The instantaneous result of this slightly dramatic incident was a choke followed by a coughing fit. But this was soon over, and after a few hours, the burning pain also had almost disappeared. Although my eye remained sensitive for several weeks. Wow. And that is the story (laughs) of finding some violin beetles by a couple Dutch guys. (laughs) (laughs) The violins. The violins, at last. (laughs) I like that this is like the 60s, but it's definitely written as though they're from like the 1860s. Yeah, it feels very um, whimsical, the way it's written. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, like, I mean, later on they do go on to be, like, kind of racist and, like, dismissively refer to their local guys, guides as the natives. I just want to say, like, I, I praise their writing style, but obviously that's not great. Um, <laughs> you don't <laughs> so, endorse them. No, I don't endorse their western science techniques but anyway um this paper like also mentions that these beetles were probably once quite common on the island of java but since had become really hard to find and they speculate this is probably because of habitat loss and maybe over harvesting although it's really hard to say given the research i was able to find i mean there's just so little of it hence me reading a paper from the 60s (laughs) so yeah (laughs) And so can we go back to the fact that this beetle sprays this like noxious liquid at enemies? That's yeah, that's <laughs> wild. What's with that? <laughs> it's crazy. And like again, like this I was so like frustrated because I'm here I am thinking there's gonna be like a ton of information on that very interesting fact, and there's almost nothing. The best I could find was that on Wikipedia Yes, I was on Wikipedia for this because, again, uh, so and they say it was called butyric acid, but I couldn't find where they got that information from. So taking that with a grain of salt, I did do a little digging on what butyric acid is, and it's very irritating and smells really bad uh, to the point where it's actually used in fish baits like for carps and bitterlings so like maybe we should be using it in animal crossing as fish bait Mm. i don't know (laughs) but it's also apparently the same substance used in stink bombs created by the sea shepherd that they throw at whaling ships this was a super random fact i encountered on the wikipedia page for this acid but i thought it was interesting (laughs) i was like what yeah okay so i guess it's stanky um (laughs) And also, apparently, it can, like, another paper said that this um, secretion that the beetles emit can paralyze a person's hand for, like, 24 hours. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of hearsay on these papers, but point is, don't don't go touching the violin beetles. It's not a good idea. If any of our listeners are aspiring entomologists, this sounds like a good research subject. <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of wonder, is there... A whole bunch of other cool stuff we don't know. You could go over to Indonesia. Yeah. That sounds fun. Do we know anything about their reproduction? I mean, not much. Like, it appears that they hide their young in tunnels that they dig sort of beneath the fungi they live in or within the fungi, which is handy because this is the same area they like to hunt in at night. They eat other insects larvae who are often found buried under bark and like between the cracks and trees. So, yeah, that's... That's kind of it. And in terms of their appearance, 
do the males and females look the same? Apparently, yes. But one paper basically said they look the same upon close external examination, which basically means in science lingo that like in order to actually determine the sex of the beetle, you'd have to do these like really intense dissections in order to find the genitals. Um, And like you might think to yourself, who on earth is figuring this out? Like what scientist is doing this? Um, And this is, like, a really common practice to determine not only sex, but often the difference between different species of insects without genetics. Just talking from my own experience, last year I was working on a whole bunch of, like, tiny, tiny millimeter-long beetles from New Caledonia. Um, And my professor had harvested these for her research and... I was trying to like identify these tiny beetles to species and so many of the keys, the identification keys, you'd get like so far into this key. It's like the most difficult jargon you can imagine. Like there's a thousand words for shiny and like matte (laughs) colored in the world of entomology. So I'm like slogging through this key. You get to the end and it's basically like, now you must dissect the genitals to determine what species this is. Oh my god. And you're working on a beetle that's like, I'm not even kidding you, the size of like a grain of sand. <laughs> like it's so unbelievably small. So I just wanted to like let people know about that because it's kind of wild, I think, and <laughs> totally bizarre that people do this and that I've done it. <laughs> not that I've dissected insect genitals. I'm not to that level. Yeah, I had completely forgotten about the the insect identification keys, but that has brought back like repressed memories from entomology. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> it's really hard. It's so hard. Like it's satisfying when you finally get it. I I like the keys to like a family group because mm-hmm. they're just so much easier. They're still hard. Like you're still counting the segments on insect legs to determine the family, but like Man, getting them to species is next to impossible. And, like, you really can't use color as, like, a definitive identifying feature because it can really vary with insects. Right. So. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for sure for entomologists. Yeah, it's it's a real commitment. So was that kind of it for the violin beetle then? Pretty much. I'm sorry I don't have more, but I, I hope you all appreciate that, you know, sometimes an insect is just pretty. <laughs> and it doesn't have a lot going on. Uh, is that a good moral? I don't know. <laughs> there, It's a himbo. Himbo. Himbo bug. All right. <laughs> well, well, thanks everyone for joining us on this himbo bug journey. Yeah. Thank you, Olivia, for that. And I especially liked the, the little reading. So <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers. And of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at beyond blathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye. Bye.